Section six of the Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter three: The Emperor Sigismund, Pope Eugenius the Fourth, the Rise of the Medici, Alfonso of Aragon, Part two. We must now turn our attention to the affairs of Naples. King Louis of the Second House of Anjou who had been recognized by the pope died without heirs at consenza in november fourteen thirty four and on february eleventh fourteen thirty five the first house of anjou naples came to an end in the person of joanna the second by her will she had declared as her heir rene count of provence and duke of anjou he was the possessor of a number of titles but of little real power he was duke of bar duke of lorraine king of naples and titular king of aragon his daughter was the wife of henry the sixth of england the ill-fated margaret of anjou four days after the death of the queen the neapolitans appointed a council of regency and raised the banner of rene the queen had left at her death in gold and jewels the immense sum of five hundred golden ducats with this treasure an able and energetic king could have secured the welfare of the state but when the neapolitan ambassadors arrived in provence to invite rene to come to naples they found him a prisoner in the hands of the duke of burgundy his wife isabella and his second son louis who were not in prison were able to accept the offers of the neapolitan mission and they reached their capital with a small fleet on october eighteenth fourteen thirty five the validity of joanna's will was contested by alfonso who hurried from sicily to defend his kingdom while the pope declared that on the failure of the heirs of charles of anjou the crown of naples reverted to him as a papal fief the duke of milan took the side of rene against alfonso and sent a genoese fleet to defend gaeta against the attacks of alfonso the aragonese fleet was defeated in august fourteen thirty six off the island of ponza and alfonso and his brother john king of navarre and the chief of his barons were taken prisoners they were conducted first to genoa and then to milan where alfonso by his ability and charms completely won over the capricious filippo maria he persuaded him that it was to his real interest to prefer the advancement of aragon to that of france and he left him a devoted friend this sudden and romantic change created a great impression in europe the pope was in despair genoa in disquiet at the fickleness of filippo maria renounced its allegiance to the visconti alfonso returned to naples to conduct the war against isabella of lorraine the pope assisted rene as the lesser of two evils but his general vitelleschi who had before this reduced rome to the pope's obedience could effect but little and returned to his master at ferrara rene himself obtained his liberty in fourteen thirty eight the cause of his imprisonment is so characteristic of the manners of the time that it is worth while to relate it although it is only remotely connected with the history of italy charles the second duke of lorraine had died in fourteen thirty one 
and having no male heirs had left his duchy to his daughter isabella and her husband rene of anjou the will was contested by the duke's nephew anthony count de vaudemont rene whose right was also acknowledged by the emperor sigismund began the war with spirit but on july second fourteen thirty one was taken prisoner by philip the second duke of burgundy who supported the cause of anthony he was liberated on parole in april fourteen thirty two but not wishing to break his faith as a knight or to sacrifice the hostages which were being retained for him he returned of his own free will to prison in may fourteen thirty three and remained there for three years not being able to obtain his liberty without paying a large sum of money he now arrived at naples on may nineteenth bringing with him his eldest son john and on ascension day may twenty second he rode through the city in triumph from this time a struggle of varying fortunes continued between the two rivals rene being generally established at naples and alfonso at gaeta rene proposed to settle the quarrel by single combat an offer which alfonso scornfully rejected at length in fourteen forty four some of alfonso's troops were enabled to enter the city by an old and disused aqueduct francesco sforza who had declared for the side of rene could give no efficient help the unfortunate angevin took refuge on board a genoese galley and sailed for northern italy and france the pope seeing that rene was hopelessly defeated made peace with alfonso in june fourteen forty three who reigned from that time undisputed king of naples in the meantime the exiles from florence as the only hope of returning to their homes stirred up filippo maria to attack their city the principal general on the side of the visconti was niccolo piccinino he was quite worthy to rank with the great condottiere leaders of his time but he failed to found a dynasty and was treated with gross ingratitude by his master his adversary was francesco sforza in every way a worthy antagonist piccinino was a pupil of braccio da montone sforza of his father so that the condottieri were divided into two schools the sforzeschi and the branceschi each with its own traditions and names of warfare the struggle began in the territory of lucca but was continued in the romagna it would be idle to attempt a detailed account of the conflicts of these equally noted generals on one occasion piccinino after a defeat was carried in a sack through the field of battle to appear unexpectedly in another place the war was decided by the battle of anghiari fought on june twenty ninth fourteen forty in which piccinino was defeated and half his army taken prisoners in the following year as we have already heard filippo maria reduced to extremities was forced to give sforza the hand of his daughter bianca maria and to mark him out as heir to the duchy of milan piccinino complained bitterly that his rival had been preferred before him the peace of casciano closed the war between the two republics and the duke venice obtained bergamo brescia 
Peschiera and the Riva di Trento. Sforza received Cremona as dower with his wife. The independence of Genoa was recognized, and Florence acquired the Casentino, the upper valley of the Arno immortalized in the verse of Dante, containing the magic names of Campalino, Popi, Romena, and Bibiena, which had hitherto been subject to the Count Guido da Polenta as an imperial fief. During this period Pope Eugenius had been at war with the Council of Basel, and was gradually getting the best of the contest. The Council had entered too hastily on the path of reform. It had aimed blow after blow at the power of the papacy, and had roused up powerful advocates in its defense. Torquemada now supported the papal infallibility, of which Thomas Aquinas had been the champion in earlier days. One of the most important subjects before the council was the union of the Greek and Latin churches, and the choice of the city in which the council of reconciliation should be held gave rise to heated controversy. The pope was willing that it should be summoned at Constantinople, but the council refused to place their heads in the mouth of the Turks. They wished the Greek fathers to come to Basel, but the patriarch of Constantinople replied, that the personal presence of the Pope was essential, and he could not be expected to go to a place which had been the scene of rebellion against him. At last, the two parties changed the scene of the intended conference, one choosing Avignon and the other Florence or Udine. At the beginning of these negotiations, it had been arranged that if the council were held in the East, the Eastern Church should bear the expense. If in the West, the expense should fall upon the Pope. When it was practically settled that the council should be held somewhere in Italy, the Pope equipped four galleys in Venice and sent them to Constantinople, where they met a similar fleet coming from Avignon. The Greek emperor, John Palaiologos, together with the fathers who were to attend the council, embarked on the Pope's galleys, and on September 17, 1437, the Pope issued a bull convening the council at Ferrara, an order which was not recognized by the fathers at Basel. The first meeting of the Council of Ferrara was held on January 8, 1438. It was very scantily attended, and none but Italians were present. On January 27th, the Pope entered the city with a splendid retinue. On February 8th, the swift-sailing imperial galley which bore the emperor of the eastern world, entered the harbor of San Nicolo del Lido. The doge, Francesco Foscari, went immediately to pay a visit to the emperor on board his galley, and on the following day, which was a Sunday, he received him on board the Bucentoro, accompanied by Venetian senators and nobles. The Byzantine emperor made his way into Venice to the strains of music and amongst the cheers of the populace, on the last day of February, Palaiologos left Venice, and on April 9th, the representatives of both churches were united at Ferrara under the presidency of Eugenius IV. The Greek and Latin theologians discussed the points of difference between the two churches without any practical result. The most important question being the retention of the word filioque in the Nicene Creed which implied the double procession of the Holy Spirit from the Father and the Son, 
a doctrine not accepted by the Greek church. The Council of Basel was by no means in a humour to submit. On January 23rd, four days before the arrival of Eugenius at Ferrara, it had declared the Pope suspended from his pontifical authority in answer to his decree of the previous February, which excommunicated the fathers of the Council. In March it declared the Council of Ferrara schismatical. In May it asserted that general councils received their authority directly from Christ, and in June it actually deposed Eugenius. In October it appointed electors for a new pope, amongst whom was Aeneas Silvius Piccolomini, afterwards pope, under the name of Pius II. In November it confirmed the election of Amadeus of Savoy, the hermit of Ripai. In February 1440, it ordered the Christian world to pay him obedience as the true pontiff. Thus the schism was complete. Alfonso of Aragon and Charles, King of France, took the side of the council against the Pope. Germany had the opportunity of anticipating the Reformation by a hundred years. Just at this time, on December 9th, 1437, the Emperor Sigismund died and was succeeded by his stepson, Albert of Austria. The Pope's council could not remain long at Ferrara. The plague broke out in the town, and Piccinino was threatening the neighborhood with his mercenary troops. So, in January 1439, Eugenius removed the council to Florence. Here the process of reconciliation went on with great rapidity. The Greek theologians eventually declared themselves satisfied as to the points of dispute between the two churches. They admitted that the Holy Spirit did, in a certain sense, proceed from both persons of the Trinity that leavened as well as unleavened bread might be used in the Holy Eucharist, and that purgatory really existed. They agreed that the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, should be considered as the first head of Christendom, that the Bishop of Constantinople or New Rome should be the second, of Alexandria the third, of Antioch the fourth, of Jerusalem the fifth. On June ninth the Greek patriarch died declaring his adhesion to the Roman Church. To celebrate and confirm this union, a solemn service was held on July 6, 1439, in the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Flower. The Emperor and the Pope were present, together with the fathers of both churches. The Greeks were placed on the Epistle, the Latins on the Gospel side. The gospel was sung in both languages, and during the Mass was read the Bull of Union, drawn up in Greek and Latin, as subscribed by the members of the Council. No Christian can recall the memory of this momentous function, held under the dome of Brunelleschi, which half a century later resounded to the preaching of Savonarola, without deep emotion. Eugenius might well feel that the disunion of Christendom had been permanently healed, and that the Church of Christ would henceforth form one fold under one shepherd, and be able to meet with a unified front the assaults of Islam and of infidelity. But national feeling proved then too strong, as it has proved since, to admit of the establishment of a single Church which should embrace all nations. To the act of union one signature was wanting, that of Mark of Ephesus, and the Greek Church has professed to follow that single voice. 
we have said above that amadeus of savoy had been elected as pope and recognized by the council of basil he was the eighth count of savoy son of the red count and grandson of the green he succeeded in thirteen ninety one bought the county of genevois of which annoncy was capital in fourteen o one was made first duke of savoy by the emperor sigismund at chambray in fourteen seventeen and inherited piedmont in the following year on the death of his wife in fourteen thirty four he abdicated his throne and retired to the delightful monastery of ripaille on the lake of geneva there he founded the order of saint maurice and lived with six companions as the richest and mightiest of all the hermits of christendom the council thought him a desirable choice because he was reported to be very rich was connected with very powerful families and held one foot in france and one in italy he accepted the tiara with some hesitation in january fourteen forty and took the name of felix v he had however no power and was not recognized by any important persons except alfonso of aragon germany remained neutral in the schism he resigned the papacy on april seventh fourteen forty nine and died on january seventh fourteen fifty one king albert of hungary bohemia and germany died on october twenty seventh fourteen thirty nine he was succeeded as king of germany by his uncle who three years later became the emperor frederick the third and reigned for more than fifty years pope eugenius having made peace with king alfonso in fourteen forty three found it possible to return to rome the same populace which had driven him out with stones and arrows now streamed across the ponte mole to welcome him back after an exile of nine years he found the eternal city indeed a contrast to florence one the most civilized city in europe the other a desolate wilderness he summoned a council to the lateran and thundered from that palace against the council of basil and his rival felix his last days were embittered with war in fourteen forty six a war broke out between the republics of venice bologna florence and genoa on the one side and the king alfonso the pope the duke of milan and the lords of rimini on the other francesco sforza led the army of the republics the duke was entirely defeated and the forces of venice pressed nearly to the gates of milan this success of the venetians produced a strange revolution in the state of affairs sforza hoped at some time to be duke of milan and he did not care to see his future duchy diminished by venetian conquests also cosimo de medici thought it better for the interests of florence to preserve an equilibrium between all the states than to allow the predominance of one by his mediation negotiations were opened between francesco sforza and his father-in-law and they were hastened by the impatience of the venetians who suspecting the treachery of sforza attacked some towns belonging to him in lombardy sforza deserted the republican league and became commander-in-chief of the duke's forces but his assistance came too late sforza was just about to help his father-in-law when he heard of his death on august thirteenth fourteen forty seven pope eugenius the fourth had died in the previous february and had been succeeded by giovanni parentuccelli 
called of Sarzanza, but really born at Pisa in 1398. He was Archbishop of Bologna and Cardinal of Santa Susanna, and took the title of Nicholas V. The last act of Eugenius had been to sign a concordat with Germany. The Emperor Frederick III, for a present of 100,000 florins, and the promise of being crowned at Rome, surrendered the cause of the Council of Basel, and did homage to the Pope. Thus the cause of the Reformation in Germany was lost, and the German Church sank step by step into its former condition of subservience. End of section 6